Cool. Hi, everyone. Good to be with you. Um, yeah, nice. Thanks. <laughs> Little waves. Makes me feel good. Um, yeah, I feel, you know, like when you hear stories about teachers who are so busy that they end up preparing for their class just before their class, I'm that teacher today. Um, and I'm excited because just being with this transmission, it's like, oh, there is so much goodness packed into this transmission. So I hope I can deliver it. Uh, I, hope, I hope you get it. I hope you feel it. I hope I can deliver it well. So let's just have a little alignment to begin. So um, just find a posture. Just let yourself arrive. Let your body, your mind, and your emotions just settle. So I invite you to just begin by connecting to life in you. Connect to that gravitational source of life in you. Where is life in you? Where do you feel the vibration of life in you? And to connect to that more deeply, feel your commitment to come alive. to give yourself to life and to be lived. By a force and a life and a will and an ecstatic current deeper than your knowing. And just see if you can feel your core where life is being birthed and deathed and birthed and deathed moment to moment. And as you know, this place will open up in you more when you open the door through sacrifice. 
when you're willing to go all in for where the current will lead you. So then I invite you to open your eyes whilst also staying with this, not leaving your connection to the current in your own being for life. And just be in contact, just look out on the other faces on this screen whilst you stay in the discipline of connection to life in you, to your core. Just let yourself be seen. And just look out over the other beings here who are in that connection with life in them, with the vibration and the current of life in them. And feel the intimacy of that as you're also connected to the felt sense of how that life is actually just an opening to the one, to the one life that is here. So your connection to the current is the connection to the one current. And then just feel where is your life drawn to? If you're in connection with this current as will, as force, as vibration, are there other cores here, one or more that this draws you to? Without thinking, just let that be acknowledged in your experience. Where is your core drawn to for monadic core fusion? And then just come back to yourself, just be with your own presence and also feel, are there places in you which are a no to this current? 
Just tune in. Whatever degree or depth of your yes to this current, are there also places in you that are a no? That are resistant? Just notice that. And deep breath. Okay. You can let that go as you're ready and just stretch out your body as you need to. Make yourself comfy or not too comfy. Okay, let's do this. So the last time we were talking about this first aspect of monadic dilation, basically we're in a series of three transmissions which focus on these three aspects of monadic dilation. What do I mean by monadic dilation? Ray one type of comfy, that's what I'm talking about, Matilda. Um, Monadic dilation is like the dilation of the dark pupil of your eye growing, developing the monadic core, how the monadic core develops. And um, we focused on the, the first aspect one last week, which is actually like opening to be penetrated by a deeper identity. And this one is about the second aspect, which is monadic core fusion, which is monadic relating, right? And then the third one is going to be focused on the matter side of things. So, um, yeah, he begins this transmission with this beautiful kind of exploration of the inf infinitely ridiculously vast cosmos. And, um, and, you know, he, he names how our galaxy is part of, in um, astronomy, what's called the local group, which is basically like a, a bunch of galaxies that's, that are close to our galaxy. You know, it's like, let's just get a sense of the scales here. Yeah, like we're going fucking crazy scales. Yeah, so we're talking like we've got 100 billion suns in our galaxies. And, you know, so... Okay, cool. And beyond that, you know, um, then we have the local group of galaxies, which we're surrounded by and our local group of galaxies form a lobe. It's a tiny little thing like that, small on my body, smaller than my finger, smaller than my arm, just a lobe on Laniakea. Yeah, Laniakea is this vast kind of cluster of galaxies. Maybe some of you have seen, there was like a video going around Facebook a while ago about like where you are in the universe. And um, it showed, um, it kind of zoomed out from, you know, someone eating their dinner or something like, you know, <laughs> onto um, vaster and vaster scales to the point where we're, you know, seeing our solar system and, and then the constellations that we're surrounded by and then our galaxy and, and then, you know, the local group. And then it shows like Lanier care and, you know, these galaxies are, um, 
actually like actually i remember like some years ago i wrote a an article for an esoteric journal called the esoteric quarterly and one of the things that i included was this it was it was an awesome picture where on one side there was a super 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 zoomed in picture of neurons in the brain like and how neurons kind of are like have like these kind of dendrites these like snaky kind of interconnections and tails that kind of all weave into each other creating this sea of interconnected kind of filaments and on the other side it was like a super 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 you know like vast picture of the dark matter filament connections between galaxies and you know it looks the same basically and that's like it's incredible like there's these kind of long filament strings of dark matter connection between galaxies that are, it's like looking into the the threads of muscle or the threads of cells in a much vaster organism but we're talking about something imma- unimaginably vast so Lani Akea there's this amazing video that shows and it looks like that you see all these strings of connection between these between galactic clusters you know we're talking about like like thousands of galaxies, you know, on a hundred thousand galaxies and so on. It's like insane to even think about these scales, right? But Laniakea, there's like, I think it's like a hundred thousand galaxies or something that compose Laniakea, of which ours is one, is being drawn towards this region of space, which is called the Great Attractor. Yeah. And like, that's like, an even vaster, like super cluster of galaxies. And then the great attractor is itself being drawn towards, um, uh, yeah, something called the shapely, the shapely supercluster, right? So what is it that's drawing them? Like it's massive, massive flows of gravity. Like, and this is where we get into, you know, something that we were in last week, which is to do with, you know, there are like monads, if we're, we're still doing the dance, right? Between black holes, monads, black holes, monads, black holes, monads, dance with me, right? So, um, there you go. Thank you. Yeah, you're with me. Um, so we do our dance step back, you know, from the big, cosmic cosmological scale back into the esoteric multidimensional human being monadic scale and um we remember the monads grow through um uh you know through these different means and what happens when they grow is their core dilates there's more life force and when there's more life force there's more purpose mass right so you remember me saying last time how um you know, black holes at the core of galaxies are able to hold fields for something like a hundred billion suns to to um, to be born and to evolve and to die around them because of the mass that they have, and and their mass produces massive gravitational effects. It means like they can just hang out and be, yeah. They're just in their repose, chilling right and as they're doing that like they have the power to hold an entire galactic field think about it folks true power is effortless power yeah true power is effortless power true power is it's already done thanks no it's it's i'm actually plugged into that which is already complete and hey let's just sit back and watch it ripple through into manifestation yeah 
So that's what they do because they're plugged into that, which is beyond time and space. They are tears in time and space. I have this whole like visionary thing about black holes and monads, which I've wondered for ages how to explain to people. But like, think of like a black hole, yeah. And that's a black hole, but it's also your, it's also your monadic hole. Then think, and I need to get better. I need to learn how to use some fucking graphic illustrator program to illustrate this type of stuff. If there's anyone out there who knows how to do that stuff well, let me know and let's collaborate on some stuff, right? I don't have the time. But so if there's like, imagine like a black hole or a monadic core, and then imagine like a circle coming from it, right? And, it, and the circle goes down, 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 and then it goes all the way up and it rejoins that, that black hole. Now that circle is the life cycle. It's the entire evolutionary life cycle, involutionary and then evolutionary cycle of a creative manifestation. That could be you, it could be a galaxy, it could be a universe. But look at how that black hole is the beginning and the end. Yeah, it is both the beginning. You get me? You feel me? You understand what I'm saying? It's both the beginning and the end of the entire manifestation process. Yeah, that's that's something like it. It's like our black hole core is already. It was the initiating impulse, and it is the ultimate destiny of our being. Yeah. So, and that destiny involves unfolding a personality and connecting to our souls and growing the souls and going through soul initiation and then waking back to monad and dot, 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 right? Anyway, so as we, um, as we deepen in our monadic depth, there's more life force and more life force brings more mass and more mass brings more power and more power is like more gravitational force, yeah? So we naturally, effortlessly, hold and impact fields that's why like you know i was thinking like, you know this is like the difference in my view between like if you in the human scale it's like the difference between practitioners teachers and masters right they're different yeah in berlin for instance we have a super strong and solid field of practitioners right we have a lot of practitioners here we have people who um like are, are solid, like they're, they're learning their craft, they're in, along their spiritual path, they're deep in their practice and they're holding space for other people to show them how to do that, yeah? But it's different to be a teacher, yeah? A teacher is someone who has actually like really um, been infused with, they have taken in deeply, in a certain way they have um, become the embodiment of that which they seek to teach, right? And it, there's a kind of effortless radiation of that which they're sharing because it's actually really deeply embodied in them, yeah? It's a different level of accomplishment. But a master is still a different level, right? And in the human field as a whole, there aren't many masters, yeah? But masters, like, I don't know if you've had the same experience when I've had a sense of connection with like at the very least human beings who are like at least close to mastery. It's a different fucking thing. Like it's, they have a power field that is just naturally radiating from them, from their field. They are effortlessly holding fields because of just the quality of who they are. Yeah. Fields are happening around them. Just like for black holes, fields are just happening around them. Yeah? And in those fields, suns slash souls are being born, 
growing, unfolding, being initiated, and supernova. Okay. So scale this back up to what DK is talking about, right? And he's talking about these fields even above and beyond outside of galaxies when where galaxies and superclusters of galaxies are being drawn. He's saying that there are places in the universe that have such massive mass. And actually what we're talking about is not just supermassive black holes now, we're talking like ultra supermassive black holes where there is just monadic core fusion, monadic core fusion, monadic core fusion, monadic core fusion of the biggest, vastest black holes, right? Into places that have such intense mass that they are drawing galaxies and superclusters of galaxies and clusters of galaxies all into these places. Yeah. And it's through the monadic core fusion of more and more and more black holes that adds more and more and more mass that builds more and more and more power. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about when it comes to the monadic relating monadic core fusion piece. Yeah. So then he goes into this whole thing. Wait, Martin said something. I want to just check what Martin said. Imagine when we can run on black hole energy. Yeah, there's a whole thing around that. Yeah, well, that's this guy. Yeah. Um, so then he goes into this whole thing where it's super beautiful, where he says, okay, in the esoteric tradition, in its metaphysical cosmology of how the universe happens, we have this thing called the great breath, right? And the great breath is like the universe is the outbreath the manifestation is the outbreath of the one there is the one absolute reality and it like in the beginning of the cycle of manifestation you know like breathes out yeah and the creative manifestation of the entire universe is the outbreath of the one which is followed by its its in breath yeah and that's like this that's towards the end of the whole cycle of manifestation and then there's a pause and that pause in the esoteric teachings is called a pralaya yeah and it's basically the the um not nothing's going on stage between like universes or solar systems or in a certain way it's the it's a point between your two incarnations that's a pralaya and then he says, like, you know, in, in cosmology, we have this understanding that, like, the universe is expanding. Our current model is, like, the universe because there's dark energy that's explosively producing more space in all directions from every point all the time. And he says, yeah, and that's actually just us in the expansion phase of the universe. And there will be a contraction phase that comes later. This is, we're still in the outbreath. That is the physics manifestation of the outbreath. So he says, okay, big scale picture, the universe is in the outbreath. And there are still places in the universe where the in-breath is happening. And then he outlines, actually, there's three phases that are part of the creative manifestation of a galaxy. But of course, we also know that could be for a monad because we're doing the dance. Yeah? So he says, you know, one is like when there's the outbreath. The focus is on matter. And these also, he says, relates to the three monadic rays. Third ray monads have third ray monads, second ray monads, and first ray monads do their thing. He says it's not exactly the same, but it's related. So um, when there's the outbreath, the focus for a galaxy or a monad 
is on the development of the matter side of its manifestation. Yeah. And um, so there's, there's a huge kind of burst of material kind of matter formation and matter coming together to form structures and nebulas and then maybe, you know, all, all sorts of material stuff in, in that galaxy. Then he says, you know, the, the, once that's happened, there's a period of equilibrium where um, the universe comes into a kind of more stable, uh, the galaxy comes into a more stable state and you have bursts of star formation. Solon, which is, you know, a kind of cosmic equivalent for soul unfoldment and so on, like the, these types of things. And, um, and then he talks about, then there's the in-breath in particular galaxies, which is where the gravitational force of the black hole core becomes so strong that actually everything is just drawn into being eaten by that black hole core. Right. So he says, like, these are like the three kind of stages of how monads unfold themselves. It's what your monad is doing. It's what my monad is doing. He says, like, you know, when the when it's the outbreath, that's like a deep focus on manifestation and a deep focus on the development of the matter side of the monad's being and of its creativity and its embodiment and how it does shit in the world and gets stuff manifested. The equilibrium stage after the outbreath is okay. The matter side is set. Now, that provides a foundation for soul development and soul evolution, right? And then he says, um, after that comes the in-breath. And the in-breath is like, okay, now we're breathing back into the source. Yeah? Now we're breathing back into the one source, which is an opening to the one life that breathes through all sources. And the focus is actually just everything being drawn in and, and, and eaten back into its core. And he says, you know, first ray galaxies, you know, and he talks about, you know, there are first ray galaxies, third ray galaxies, second ray galaxies. And he says, like, they will all have all these three phases, but depending on if they're a first ray, second ray, or third ray galaxy, one will be a stronger focus than the others. And a sweet piece of information that he gives us, which he hasn't given us before, is he describes our Milky Way as a second-ray galaxy. He says, and he talks about M87 in the past as like a first-ray galaxy. And um, he talks about our Milky Way as a second-ray galaxy. And he says, um, so our Milky Way really demonstrates this equilibrium that's about like, um, it's absorbing dwarf galaxies, but it also has this whole love affair thing going on with Andromeda. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys are aware of this. There's this whole thing that, you know, in like some billion years' time, our galaxy will merge with Andromeda. And they are in a kind of love affair where they're kind of moving towards each other and there'll be a, a fusion of their cores that happens at a particular time. This is an expression of this like galactic kind of dating, you know, monadic relating that's happening. So, um, Wait, let me just check the next piece. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. So and then we get then we get into stuff which I feel is actually super important for how we do the Shambhala school work, for instance, and how we do the life path bit, right? Now in the teachings, there's these three words which are given to kind of the fulfillment of the matter aspect of our being, the fulfillment of the soul aspect of our being, and the fulfillment of the monadic aspect of our being. And these three words are individuation, initiation, identification. 
they all begin with I. <laughs> so individuation, right? <laughs> individuation is, is, you know, in a certain way from a big esoteric perspective to do with like the, um, like the birthing of souls into being individuated souls and the birth of humanity and stuff. It's really like, it's, it's to do with um, souls that have been part of group souls moving into individuated souls and dot, dot, dot. But let's not worry about that for right now, okay? Right now, what we're talking about is really the fulfillment of the personality is individuation, yeah? So who here has heard of Carl Gustav Jung, yeah? Jung, right? Jung, I'm sure this dude was like, he was a, he was a high initiate for sure. And he really uh, pointed to individuation as the fulfillment of psychological maturity. Yeah. And what is individuation? It's like, I know who I am as a distinct, unique being. And I have done my integration work in such a way that I have um, come to know these different parts of myself. And rather than you know, projecting all ways that they should be and so on, I've accepted my uniqueness. I've accepted how I'm different. And I've brought that to a fulfillment where I can stand in who I am as an individual, separate, whole being, right? That is individuation. Yeah? And he makes the point that, you know, just like some third ray galaxies or the third aspect, the, the, the expression of the development of the matter aspect in a galaxy is really focused on the outbreath of developing the matter side. For the human, that's about individuation. It's about I'm taking the journey of, of really unfolding and knowing who I am as an individual, separate being all the way. And what that results in is separation. Right? Ooh. <laughs> Anyone else? Like, raise your hand if you've ever participated in spiritual circles where separation is a dirty word. Yeah? I have. That's irritated me. Like, so, <laughs> dirty word. So, what that results in is more separation. Yeah? And, but actually, thank you. Yeah? Because we, we need individuated beings yeah because you got to know who you are as an individual unique being so that you're not fused with how your mother wants your emotions to be please you know or like how your friends need your emotions to be pleased or to be that dentist because you come from a family of dentists and it would be horrendous to disappoint the parents you know whatever right you're an individuated being so that's like the fulfillment of the, um, of the matter side, the personality side of our being. So then we have the fulfillment of the soul side of our being, and that's initiation, right? And initiation is soul initiation. It is actually at that deep soul level of my being, I have, um, I find myself going through these deep, um, shifts in terms of the expansion of my consciousness and my sense that I'm suddenly opening and including more and more of the mysteries of life and what's happening here and the evolutionary growth process that 
I'm realizing, wow, it seems we're all in. And um, I find myself being initiated deeper and deeper into that. And the universe is revealing her secrets to me. And um, I find myself a carrier of those sacred truths. Yeah. So, and they are stabilizing in my being as I am initiated deeper and deeper into the, the mysteries and the glories of this journey and what's happening here. And oh, wow, I seem to be being into through resonance brought into contact with others who are going through the same process and we become soul friends and we understand each other and we share purpose and, you know, and we love each other and my relationships change and dot, 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 right. Soul initiation. And that's like the kind of the birthing and the growth and the supernovaing of suns in, in a galaxy. And then there's the in, uh, uh, identification. And identification is the kind of mystic esoteric term used for all the uh, powerful shit that comes online when a monad starts to play, play, right? And that's like identification. Identification with what? Identification with and as the one, yeah? Like, bang, there is a radical revelation of the one at the core of my identity. I thought I was a separate self. Turns out that's not true. You know, like actually I have a fundamental breakthrough opening to the realization that that whole thing of being a separate self out on a separate journey in a unique way, not actually real, right? So there's a fundamental breakthrough realization of our of, of fundamental non-separateness. So he, you know, as uh, the esoteric tradition is super clear around like these being stages of the journey for every being. And this is where it gets super relevant for us in terms of our work with the life force. Yes, they're all stages and, you know, um, yeah, just that. And they're all simultaneously going to be present in our system all at once, right? So that's happening, all three of those, in Riser right now, in Celeste right now, in Martin right now, in Luca right now, in all of us right now, yeah? And he then makes this super important point about the fact that the impact of monadic energy on our system uh, um, turbocharges all of them. Yeah. So the impact of monadic energy on our system increases individuation. It increases initiation and it increases identification. Now, who here has had the experience that when they hear me or someone else start talking about the life force or whatever, a part, parts of them are like, no, like, I don't want that. Like I'm resistant. It's okay. You can raise your hands. It's okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Of course you have more of you have. Right. So there are, there are parts of us that are a no. Yeah, and um, and I'm going to put you in small groups in a minute around this because this is this is where this is like a super important piece of this work, right? So, a point he makes, and he, he actually he he makes this really important point about like how yes, individuation is an is a healthy necessary part of the growth cycle for an individual or for our culture as a whole and the fulfillment the true healthy fulfillment of individuation is okay i've unfolded who i am as an individual being to the point where i feel comfortable and solid in that and now i'm going to open to something deeper 
you know? Now I'm gonna, and that leads into soul initiation. Naturally, just a soul initiation leads into identification with the monad. However, he says within our planetary scheme, we are kind of cut off from the planetary soul. Like we're, there's a gap and we're not in connection with hierarchy. And because of that, the process doesn't fulfill itself healthily. And instead, we've actually gone into hyper-individualism and we've gone into systematic individualism and separation, where actually separation has become enshrined as for the kind of highest right of human beings to have personal choice and individual freedom and separate rights, you know? And, and, and that's like the kind of high point of Western civilization in a certain way. And he makes the point that like, you know, that's, that's a part of healthy growth for personalities. And when it goes beyond its sell-by date, it becomes toxic. And that is, you know, what's happened within our collective culture. Um, he says, like, the answer to that is the revelation of the world soul and the introduction of Shambhala energy, which is happening. Um, but yeah, he, he also makes the point that, and this is this piece, when monadic energy impacts our being, wait, there's another piece, healthy um, individualization, which is healthy sovereignty, leads to sacrifice the fulfillment of healthy individualization and the fulfillment of healthy sovereignty leads to sacrifice. Okay. So this is like, feel me, right? Cause this is important for our work. Okay. So when we are full in the unfolding of ourselves as as individual unique beings and we feel you know like we we feel full enough in that that we feel we don't really need to continue to really explore these individual parts of me doing this individual thing and this individual thing and this experience or whatever the natural fulfillment of that is actually sacrifice is to open myself and offer myself up to a deeper principle to be operated through you know so he makes this point that um, there will be places in you and places in me, maybe in my emotional body or my physical body or my sexuality or my feminine or my masculine or whatever that have not completed that cycle yet, that have not come to that place where they actually feel full in themselves. And when monadic energy gets anywhere near them, they may be actually very resistant. Now, sometimes people might feel tension around that resistance. Anyone here ever felt tension around the parts of them that have felt like a no? Right. So a key piece that he brings in this is like, let that tension go. Because actually, there is an intelligence in those parts. They know that they need, like for them to, they still need to complete something. There's still um, a, a, a kind of a, a, an opening and an unfolding of their development through being nourished by particular lessons and pathways of growth in life that when that has happened, will allow them to come to a point of feeling full enough where they will naturally want monadic life, right? So... 
there's a piece here where you know that he's he he says you know if people or parts of you are highly resistant to monadic energy trust it like there's something in them that knows that they still need to be in a process of individuation and that individuation is fulfilling more of their separateness so that that can come to a sense of greater wholeness health and fullness to then naturally have the impulse to want us to surrender to something deeper okay so um of course that can be unhealthy sometimes it can be a refusal to separate to surrender to something deeper at a certain point but that's a different thing um yeah so and then you know that separation that that surrender and that sacrifice into something deeper leads us into soul initiation and that leads us into um monadic opening and he says you know he just makes the point like so you know whilst we look out over the great landscape of human culture today and we see that it's it's hyper individuation focused even within that big culture of individuation focused there are pockets of human beings who are in the process of soul initiation and who are beginning the process of identification just like in galaxies whilst in the great outbreath of the universe there are some galaxies that are in the equilibrium process or that are in the everything being sucked back into the black hole source core piece yeah so um you know we can think of shambhala school like that shambhala school is like a pocket it's like a little field within humanity where um well, actually, first of all, you know, there, there are a bunch, we just look at group, you know, group initiation. There, all over the planet, there are fields where souls are in such deep resonance and love and, and shared commitment with each other that they're going through group initiatory processes, despite the bigger field of humanity being all about individuation. And we can look at places like Shambhala School or Haydn, for instance, which are working explicitly with this dark light energy as where there's individual identification that's starting to like really be like, okay, now that's what's happening. Um, and the majority of you or me or the beings involved in those places will need to have had some, you know, completed some individuation and have gone through some soul initiation for this to even be relevant or interesting. And there will still be places in their being that are a no, that are resistant. <sighs> so um i am going to put you guys into some breakout rooms now because i would like us to explore this um and what i want to drop into these breakout rooms is the question mm, what is your relationship to the parts in you that are a no to the life force? And what do you feel they might need to fulfill their individuation? Do you understand the question? What is your relationship to the parts in you that are a no to the life force? And what do you feel they might need to fulfill their individuation? Okay. So I'll put you in the groups and um, we 
the vaccine. I always love these little smiles that people have when they come back, like something's happened, something's happened that they're smiling about. Okay, let's have a little harvest. What came up for you in that? Um, the very part of this call, John, you asked me how I was feeling and I said strange. Yeah. And that's because like this part, uh, let's know, was yeah. active for a week, like hardcore active. I mean, it has complete control over what I do mm. for a week and I'm in it. And uh, when I'm in it, hard for me to say coherent words. I mean, just everything is shut down and yeah. focused on only one thing. And the, the, this one thing is money. Huh. And what, what this part wants is to earn a certain amount of money yeah. and feel complete. Yeah. And there were times where it had way more than this certain amount and lost it. And my relationship with that is actually before before this call was um, on one side curiosity like what I actually has to do here like what's going on and why and what's the way out and the other part is shame I'm mm. deeply ashamed of being such a just focusing on money and nothing else everything drops mm. I'm irritated by my children when I'm mm. and when you were when you said that the natural thing is actually to allow it to complete itself. Just to allow it to complete and then it naturally surrenders. Wow. It's <laughs> such a relief. And I, um, so the relationship is changing and I don't know into what. And then I, I feel so re relieved and happy right mm -hmm. now. Uh, kind of proud, maybe. Mm -hmm. This part. Because it really knows how to earn money. Yeah, yeah I understand. <sighs> Thank you, Echo. My strong thing currently is to not care. Um, I'm way too enthusiastic. I put way too much effort. I would jump at a split second and now it's like no more knowledge, no more things. No, it's, it's like, um, don't care. Don't care about 
how nothing, not about what's happening, not about what to do, what, what not to do, whether it's inside, outside. It's this flat out, it feels like everything just gets wiped clean. It's like, don't care. Just don't care. Just, just stay. Don't care. <laughs> um, and and there's this like a, like a release. That happens. That uh, is not something that I'm, that I'm doing. And it's all around the don't care. Mm. I don't know where I'm going, but it. Yeah. It's really cool. Thank you, Anna. One more before we continue to ride this wave. So for me, what I feel is uh, there is a slight fear hmm. into, into this process because I, I, I just by name it and, and by talking it, I realized that the only way for me through the, for the completion is through. So I have to completely go through the indulgence of of this specific thing for for it to complete its cycle, in order to be embraced and 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 get back. And for some things that's quite fun and amazing, and for others, especially rage, for instance, it's it's that that responsibility towards others. So I, I now realized. How, how I'm tricking myself into not going through that fully and completely for it to, to realize itself and surrender. Mm. So, yeah. Nice. Thank you. I have a window into the emotional dimension of uh, this process. Thank you, Karim. Okay, cool. Is there anything more I want to add about that? I think like we should we should like have a call it's like totally dedicated to this particular topic i think because it's like it's how we work with these parts um is very important i think okay we'll come back to this like yeah okay we'll do that <sighs> okay so then he gets into um he really gets into, so, you know, the last thing I was saying, okay, so then we have these, these pockets around the world where group initiation is happening and identification is beginning. And this is kind of like the answer, he says, to the stuck, entrenched hyper-individualism that's running our culture both because it's the it's the other thing, it's the difference that, and it's and it's um, it will have an impact on collective culture, and also because it it heals this gap, which you heard I said, you know, it's I said like humanity is kind of cut off from hierarchy, and actually, you know, this is like super deep stuff, I think, and there's in the transmission that Bruce released today, there's a whole thing about this as well. So I find it very very deep. It's like that in the assertion of our own personal will we as long as that is not about linking it up with the deeper will of our being we cut ourselves off from the deeper levels of life yeah 
So in the focusing on my personal choice and my personal way forward, like the rights of our personal self to have their unique, different, own way forward, the gift is that we unfold the capacities of that part of ourselves, but we actually also cut ourselves off from the deeper levels of life which want to be in a multi-dimensional flow with each other. And in the transmission of Bruce Lee today, he basically says, like, yeah, that's what Earth is. Like, like Earth is a place where the being of the Earth has chosen to focus its life so intensely into levels of matter that so far have been run by individual choice that they feel cut off, that they are cut off from the bigger cosmic multidimensional picture. And there's both gifts and challenges in that and on the planetary scale just as we're talking about within the aura of the planet right now we're going through a, re a linking back up process so um within the planetary aura and you know in the transmissions today it was like outside of the planetary aura and talking about alien civilizations and their contact with earth and so on i'm so looking forward to getting into that one with you guys like but um within the planetary aura um, the link up happens by the work of the, of more and more, uh, human beings opening to soul and connecting through soul resonance with other souls. And, and as I'll go on more into in a, in a few minutes, like saying yes to their destiny in terms of their purpose and the people they're supposed to stand with and the land that they're supposed to be on that takes them into the group initiation process and also pockets where identification with the monad is happening and is the basis for group spiritual culture, which is providing anchoring points for, for powerful spiritual transformational mass on the planet, like ripple effects that, um, that can change things. And he, so he says, like, he then starts to, you know, you, you, you've heard me speak before, and it's like, it is, as you've heard me say before, it is a core piece of everything these teachings are about is the coming together of the group, right? The coming together of the group whose destiny it is to be an anchoring point and a transmitting point for dark light energy into the wider sphere of the earth. And, and as by doing so to contribute to a transformational ripple effect for the entire planetary process by 2025 and after that. Right. So he kind of gets into that again and he gets into a kind of thing of like, okay, well, what, what's going to bring this group together? Like what, how is this group going to come together? And he says, first of all, you know, there's a, there's a connection between the monad and the body and, um, makes sense because it's just like, it's the, it's kind of like they're the, they're the extreme ends of our being in a certain way. Right. And, um, he basically says, like, um, he, he talks about three levels of the body. And he says, you know, there's the physical body. Um, we'll know where we are with that. Um, there's the etheric body, which is the subtle energy body in which our chakra system exists. Um, and then he says there is also another layer of the body. And that is um, the dark body. 
and or basically the anchoring point for monadic dark energy on the body level and he says you know like the physical body the, the in the path of development it's important for the mind and physical body to become integrated and then the next stage of the integration of the body happens through the integration of atma which is pure the pure spiritual will of the soul um will integrate with the etheric body that's something that's supposed to happen like really deeply at the third initiation like atma and the etheric body integrate crown and base but then he says the next level to that is is the integration of, of the monad and the dark body in in in, the, in like aspect of the physical body and he says like this is really like the true sacredization of matter when this happens like when actually the dark light in in the matter of the earth is awakened and and in our bodies and so he says you know what because of this relationship between the monad and the body there will be as beings so we're getting back into the monadic relating the gravitational forces that bring beings who are called to come together from their monadic cause, just as the monad will be operating and active in them. So also will that have an impact on where they put their bodies? Yeah. And he says like, it will be really important for them to bring their bodies together just as they want to bring their monads together. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he then gets into like a thing around. Um... Wait, let me just check the order of that bit because I wanna, I wanna get it right. He basically starts speaking about the temples and um, how um beings who have the monad operating within their being will be drawn naturally into connection with the emerging temples around the planet um oh yeah there's actually no there's another there's another bit before that which is which is interesting and it's important he talks about like how the different ways that beings can be drawn into connection with each other and this can be through dyads or it can be through group as well. So you can feel this when you're feeling your connections with, for instance, the other people on this call right now. Yeah. So he talks about there's when souls get drawn into connection with each other. And he says, when that happens, it really, it's like it happens because they share, they resonate in consciousness with each other and they have shared values with each other and they have a shared sense of spiritual purpose with each other and they're dedicated to the same kind of spiritual purpose and often they're on kind of the same ray they're kind of the same soul ray with each other or complementary soul rays and he says this the chakras they work this process works through particular chakras which is really the heart the center of the kind of sense of soul love with another being but also the arjuna center the brow chakra and the sacral center and what this results in kind of three forces that bring people in soul relating into connection with each other and that's like soul love soul vision and and soul connected eros right so please raise your hand if you've ever had a sense of being drawn into connection with another being in, in a way that feels kind of resonant with this right it's like this feels like a kind of soul thing and like it's there's a deep sense of vision that we share there's a heart piece the heart love that we share in this and it has an erotic dimension as well so he says like that, that these are kind of like the telltale signs of, of when soul is what's bringing us into connection with each other. 
And he then says, you know, the monad works differently. When it's the monadic energy, it's still the heart because he says the monad is really the primary organ. Uh, the heart is the primary organ of the monad in, in the being. But it's actually, um, it's then about like the crown, the heart, and the base. Rather than the arjuna, the heart, and the sacral center, it's the crown, the heart, and the base that are the three centers that draw beings into connection with each other. Um, and he says, you know, that relates to, and then he starts talking about destiny, which is cool, right? He starts talking about like how, and, and maybe you've heard me say this before, like there's a whole piece around monadic energy being like the energy of destiny, you know? And when monadic energy really comes online, he talks and he just, he makes the difference between this and karma in earlier teachings where he says, you know, karma is really the, it's the, um, the flower of our past basically, you know, and it's like, it's an expression of the stuff which we are still locked into, you know, from our past could be good stuff, could be challenging stuff, but it's still, it's an expression of our past. Whereas monadic energy is the transmission of destiny. Um, and, he says that destiny works out in like three ways through crown, heart, and base. And it relates to what draws beings into the same places, not just in their monadic cores, but in their bodies for the process of monadic fusion to happen, to create these increasing number of pockets around the earth, which are, transmitting stations for monadic energy into the rest of humanity. And so he says like these three kind of expressions of destiny that leads us to where it is our destiny to be through the crown. It's our spiritual purpose through the heart. It's our relationships and through the base, it's our connection to land. And you guys might remember that in a previous transmission, maybe it was like two or three ago, he really like asks the, he asks us to check in. Are we doing what we're meant to be doing? Are we with who we're meant to be with? And are we where we're meant to be? Yeah. So it's like purpose, people, place. Gotta love those same letter little sets, right? So, um, <laughs> So, again, um, yeah, he says, like, with regard to spiritual purpose, it's like when we follow our spiritual purpose and we're taken to those places, it draws us to those places where we deeply resonate with where that purpose is alive in others. And, that, and he says, he makes the point as well, like monadic um, attraction, what draws us into relationship, it, it, it it doesn't require people on the same soul rays and it doesn't actually care about soul rays. And he was, you know, it's like, it's yeah, you get it. Right. It doesn't matter whether people are on the same soul rays, we don't need to agree with each other. We're operating and coming together according to a different principle. And then there's the heart piece, which he says, you know, it's like where um, we're drawn into to places where our relationships with people are so alive that, it just becomes the natural yes of our being to, to, to go there. And, um, and the base piece is in terms of our connection to land and there being such a sense of resonance between us and that place of land. There's a, there's such a, a sacred connection to that land that it's like, yeah. And so, and then he says, you know, when all these three are active, he says beings just 
experience like a, a pulse of destiny that draws them into their right place to be that is beyond their understanding and it is beyond their fear. And he says like, it's, um, it's only understandable really by those who've gone through it. And he is also, he also says, listen, like listen to the dark current of your being, which is transmitting your destiny and let it show you, um, where this is meant to lead you. So, I would like now to put you back in um, your small groups again for the final time today and just ask you to feel into this question of um, what happens in you when I ask you to feel into where these three levels of destiny might take you, yeah? What happens in you when I ask you to feel into where these three levels of destiny might take you in terms, and they are like your sense of spiritual purpose, where your relationships draw you and where your connection to the land draws you. And it could be that you're like, what happens in me, John, is I know I need to buy a fucking plane ticket to Alaska right after this call, you know, or it could be because I should have bought one yesterday and you've just nailed the nail in the coffin. This is it. I'm on my way. Right. I know it. Or it could be like, wow, I really have no idea where that draws me. And it actually brings up really vulnerable feelings in me to feel like there's some place I'm meant to be that I might not be right now. Or um, actually I can feel like I have a really deep sense of my relationships calling me in this place, but I don't feel a connection to the land or, you know, whatever, like whatever your truth is in this, what happens in you when you hear this invitation to lean into your destiny that expresses through your connection to purpose and people and place. Clear? Okay. So, back in the rooms. Okay. So, little harvest, what came up for you with that? That South Africa feels far. Mm. Mm. Geographically far from tribe and relating. Um, and yeah, and and then it's just far, like the planes. We're just talking about planes and, and stuff. It's like, yeah, it's just far. Um, like, yeah. These are in the same time zone as Europe. But other than that, it's, it's, it's interesting. Mm. And I can really feel my lack of physical tribeness, physical connection to, to, the, to you guys, basically, mm. <laughs> to all of you. Do you want to come here? Here's my bed, my lounge, I make tea. 
Yeah, you you feel you feel far, Alex. Mm. Gotta come back sometime. Anyone else? Basically the same. Like we feel at the very very right place, like the exact precise location on the land in Moscow, mm. and doing exactly what we must do, but so alone. Mm. So mm. alone. <laughs> just you are over there and no, no, <laughs> nobody in here people we serve to mm. <sighs> and when we come to Berlin it's just uh, it's cool but where is this land mm. <laughs> powers us up mm. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Can can anybody else relate to that? Where there's like one or two online, but then the other one is like, no, nah, it's not. It's not quite there. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. I I, I certainly hate it here most of the year. I mean, like the only time where I really feel at home is the couple of months where you guys are coming. You know. Mm. But for the rest of the year, I feel that what the hell am I doing here? You know, like. It's just, it's it's too intense. And um, Karim is in Karim is in Cairo. Everyone, like, yeah. So yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Yeah, yeah, I feel your problem. And I'm so grateful you're there. Anyone else? I feel I'm going through a transformation process at the moment where I'm shedding the layers uh, that are hindering me from um, living those three things. Mm -hmm. And I didn't actually realize it before I've the whole spring. I've been feeling it that it's coming, it's coming. And I'm really, really excited and all that. And now that I heard you share about these things, I just realized that I'm, I've actually forgot to, forgot to grieve. Mm. That I've given the consent to the life changes that are, that are necessary. And at the same time, I'm actually realizing that, wow, it's, actually going to change mm. thank you Rosa. Anyone else? Katya. I wanted to share this moment of, uh, of realization that's my place. Um, I have studied in Moscow and me and my family moved away and we've traveled the world for quite a long time. 
Then we came back to Moscow to do some papers. And exactly the next morning after arrival, we went for a walk and we felt we have to stay. Mm. We have to stay and we didn't have a, any plan, an apartment, nothing. We had to kind of grow roots again as expats. And, but it was such a strong pull and it was exactly the destiny and the purpose. And it wasn't, and it still isn't a comfy space for me to be here. It's like bad ecology. I want more forest and things like that. But I know that's my place to stay. Mm. And uh, like in, in a few hours after our decision to stay, it was not decisions, realization with us staying. In two hours, we found an apartment living right now mm -hmm. for three years already, just immediately. Mm. Um, and <clears throat> the other part is, this was very similar to the day we met. And I, I, I just knew that this is my life partner immediately. Mm. Just like I knew we have to stay in Moscow that mm. day. Mm. Uh, <laughs> mm. Little lightning bolts of destiny, huh? Yeah. Any final shares before we come to a close for today? Luca. The whole... One, one second, yeah, Luca. Yeah, for me, there were different places coming up. One is, is like in southern Switzerland, where I have roots, where I feel like every time I go there, like I feel the connection to the land. Mm. That really, like, yeah, I, I don't get that anywhere else mm. and there is definitely a pull towards berlin like like the kind of like the tribe is calling me mm. and and there is 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 greece mm. where every time i'm there like something like it, it's kind of subtle but it there is like a peace and and uh, in a way a recognition in, in the land and the people mm. and, a grace that 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 touches something in me. Mm. Beautiful, thank you. So yeah, it's a, it's a very deep thing to be aware of, like how we're opened by land and how we're, through our connection with land. Jana, I was just going to say. I mean, I'm in Australia, so that's even further away, but. I don't, every time I traveled, it all to me seemed very similar. It doesn't, I don't, it's like just that I'm on land is enough where I am. It doesn't really make any difference. Um, it's my, what changes doesn't matter where I am is my state of being. And that transforms and it can take me somewhere else very, very different. And even though I'm in my same neighborhood. So it's more the state of my consciousness rather the actual location. Like I actually don't feel far from you guys. I might be on the other side of the world. It doesn't, I don't, I don't understand all of this in a human sense way. But I kind of gave up the whole thing of traveling and going because it, it was really bizarre. It was just like everywhere I go seems the same. Mm. What, like, I can go to certain places or certain things, even here, and then 
all of a sudden my ship my consciousness changes shifts and it's just like whoa where am i what what is this place or everything just looks different everything is different different things are coming on so yeah anyway, i just wanted to share that thank you for sharing there may still be places that take you on a journey yeah, I want to share real quick that Egypt mm -hmm. has done that for me. That I went Amazing. twice to Egypt and twice I did not want to go. I do not like this country. I hate Cairo. And as a woman, it's complicated. And and I'm so drawn beyond my personal or even soul calling. Yeah, yeah I can relate to that as well. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, people. Beautiful to be with you all. And um, yeah, I just, I want to leave us today with the, with the kind of opening in our awareness and in our bodies to this, this vision that, and this, this felt sense that increasingly over the next years, maybe months, maybe days, we may feel ourselves drawn in a deep core part of our being and in our bodies to be in the same place in a way that we can fuse like supermassive black holes to create portals of power on the planet for the transformation of the wider field. So, see how that goes. So, good to be with you all and until um, next time. Bye.